Austria. Are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. There's no mistaking when you're recording. No. No. Uh, they, I, they added And that. I have to acknowledge it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're, we're not recording you without you knowing. Yes. Dick, I must say, this is, I don't want to jinx this, but this is your best reception we've had you at yet. Yeah, don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I haven't been cut off yet. I can hear you clearly. You can hear me. What's happening yeah, here? Some, I mean, I think we can't let Hale in because it might screw with Vicks perfectness yeah For real. our energies together could probably implode the whole dynamic we have going on here it probably it, it probably has before <laughs> i know when we had you guys on and bill and dan that was definitely a freaking <laughs> oh bill bill and dan are mad at each other they like wrestled and they were bleeding and then yeah the table broke when they put bill's big ass on it i saw the whole thing yeah poor guys hope they work it out <laughs> Never know. <laughs> Never know. But Vinny, Vinny uh, from Ring of Honor showed up at Impact, but he didn't have Bill with him. Didn't have uh, no. Bateman with him. Nah. We saw Vinny the night before with uh, Skewer stuck out of his head. Mm-hmm. Yes, I saw the uh, picture Larry posted. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I don't think I've ever seen Vinny do that before. The show was interesting to say the least. That was our first like deathmatch type show. Yes. And it was it was booked by a younger generation. So they went a little later than uh than my old ass can take. <laughs> so you and you had so you went back to back show. You did a double shot. Yes. Yeah, that show that show we did the night before we wow. didn't get home until after one. Wow. So this show wrapping up at your show wrapping up at nine thirty was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. You guys joined me at Titan Championship Wrestling this last yes. weekend. So just giving them a quick plug there. But yeah, uh, that's quite yeah, the contrast we, of shows you went to. You said a death match and then uh, uh, just kind of like a family show. And yeah, yeah and like respectfully, there was a hardcore match at True. Titan Championship Wrestling. And it, it, at least for us in the building, it was hard to invest is probably the best word into yeah. a hardcore match at Titan Championship Wrestling when we were at VXS the night before, which was insanity. Yeah, we saw Tremont completely split open and every other person on that show completely split open. So getting to see the hardcore match compared to the death match. Yeah. It was like completely, it was like. Well, I guess I, that's I, why I, they're I, called different things. Exactly. I, I felt <laughs> like we shouldn't have been allowed in that building. Like we shouldn't have we shouldn't have been allowed to watch that after what we watched the night before. Yes. Well, I, I mean, it would, no highly critical eye, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm talking semantics. Well, some of the videos, the stuff that you posted from that show that I saw with the death match was pretty crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even a, think I got the. 
I don't think I even got all the good stuff. No. There was like no. there was some pretty amazing stuff that were that didn't record. Wow. Well, it was definitely uh it's I like that, you know, that's the cool thing about social media in some instances like Instagram and uh different apps where Twitter to an extent, but Twitter gets a little ridiculous, but Instagram a lot. Like you can see little views of like the indie wrestling scene all across the country on any given yeah. weekend. You see where like people are at, what shows look like, how the crowds are. Like you can really get a feel for the whole business if you're just paying attention and you're friends with the right people and uh, mm-hmm. stuff straight through social media, you can get an idea of where everything's at. So um, that's, I think that's one of the fun things about where wrestling is in 2022, but there's just so many guys looking for work right now. It feels like that uh, it's going to be very interesting how the rest of the year kind of unfolds. Cause there's been a lot of, since even we talked last time, there's been probably like, what a hundred guys that have been released and Companies completely change directions. Uh, lots of different stuff. So now I want to ask you. Now I know you can speak on how you would feel, but I also want to get your perspective of how you think the younger, the younger kids coming up feel. Like when someone from a big company like WWE gets released, and you know that they're going to pull. Like depending on the name, but pretty much anyone who gets released from there, they're pulling a lot of bookings from yep. whatever promotion wants to have them. Like how did, like looking at that, how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like, like, do you feel like, oh shit, now I got to work harder, or is it like, no matter what I do, I'm never gonna get to that booking? Uh, you try to be the one that gets to work with that guy. So whoever that person is that's gonna get booked on the show, you try to figure out a way that you can. If you're not booked with them, then you know you figure out a way that you get yourself into a position to be booked with the stars. Because if you're working for a company, that's gonna invest in bringing in talent that was fresh off tv or just off being released and something or something like that you know that you have a promoter who is going to probably consistently do that so you get yourself into a position where you wrestle that person because that's the only way you're going to learn if you're not going to wrestle them you got to watch but you know pitch pitch ideas and how you could work with them ask ask the promoter if they already have ideas try to contribute in any way like that like you don't want to look at it from the perspective of oh another guy taking my spot like it, it doesn't you don't you don't get anywhere being the victim in any of those situations so you look at it from how can i use the situation i'm in to make myself better how can i learn from it and how can i um take whatever I can from it to get myself to the next level as fast as I can. You have people in pro wrestling now that are two or three years in on national television, making six figures, you know, this isn't something where you have to like right now, the business climate doesn't have you investing 10 years in it before you get a shot. Like if you're on an indie show and a guy comes off TV or anywhere that has skill better than you, you want to work with them. That should be the goal. So is there anyone that has been released that you've actually like had an eye on like oh man either singles or tag team? I mean, has there been a lot of tag the WWE has no tag teams and the ones that they have they're not getting rid of. <laughs> and if you watch the latest episode, I think it was uh Rampage or something when the uh Jurassic Express won the tag belts, they had all the tag teams from AEW out on the stage, you know, and they lined the whole stage. Mm-hmm. All the teams have there, like they have quite a few tag teams. Uh, yeah, you know, so the 
the people that have been released, a lot of them, um, nothing's like jumping out at me as like, oh gosh, I really want to wrestle them. I'd I'd love to have another match with uh, Tommaso at some point, but you know he hasn't been released. But I would love to wrestle. I'd love to wrestle Tommaso just because he's the main event wrestler right now. Has like he's had like uh, the last time I wrestled him was 2016, I think, 15 or 16, and what his career has done from there, folks, crazy. You know, there's a guy's learning curve. He he took it took this business serious, like watched everything he could, got better every second he could, and um, it got him to work the promised land. You know, Gargano's released and all those guys. You know, the the Ring of Honor releases. Um, any any person who's been in that position, I want to wrestle them. <laughs> so if you've had a chance to um, get there and you've been on um, television, you've had a look, like, I want to wrestle you, I want to compare, I want to see how good you are compared to how good I am. I, I think that's, like, where the competitive nature has to come in and pro wrestling to try to make it, like, part of it has to be, like, do you really believe that you're the best? How do you prove it? Because there's a lot of fakers. <laughs> a, lot, <laughs> a lot of people will pretend like they're great and they're just like playing wrestler. It's very obvious. Is it weird that that was kind of my mindset when I was watching you guys this past weekend, when I was watching you compared to the other teams, like the way you guys came to the ring, the way you guys had like – everything was NSYNC. Everything was like you guys – could tell that you guys have done this for a while. And then when I watched you in the ring, even work in the corner, like the communication, the bantering, the riling the crowd up, you basically, I watched you guys just basically interact with everything in the match while outside mm -hmm. of the match. And then I looked at the other teams. I'm like, I'm hoping they're picking up on this stuff. Like this stuff is like tag team gold. Like this is the, sh this is like what you don't, this is the shit you see FTR doing and very few others. Yes. Like, I know it's an old school way of thinking because let's face it, that's like, that's what it is, just what it is. But I mean, like, that's something that shouldn't die off. No, it shouldn't die off. And I feel that's one of the reasons that we are booked, why, like, where we are and why we are is because we bring that to the table. We've been a tag team for over 10 years and have wrestled everybody. And, um, we bring that level of professionalism with us no matter what show that we go to. So the, the challenge for everybody else, and that's not, this isn't like an egotistical thing to say, the challenge for everyone else is to always bring your best and rise up to the most um, professional best on the show. So there's some people who are brand new in the business when they get on shows like that, who have never seen, people perform at that high of a level or been that close to them or people that normally perform in front of hundreds of people performing in front of like very small two, three rows, like kind of thing. And like to still act like there's 10,000 people in the building is something that you can only pick up through being a pro wrestler for a very long time. So the, com the comfortability with silence coming through the curtain and having nobody know who you are. That's not the fun thing, <laughs> you know, um, trying to establish 
a rapport with the crowd and letting them know who everybody is and why they should boo and why they should care and all of those things can be done very easily when you know what you're doing so and i feel that's why promoters book certain people in certain positions who have been around the business for a while like everybody's got their place and what you bring to a show and um on that show in particular because there was cancellation due to covid and testing and things like that they were they had a very young group of guys and that match that you got to see was a uh, three-team elimination for the tag team championships and everybody in that match but me was trained by johnny rots which is a very cool thing for that training center to have everybody at um that level like at all different levels performing in the same place so hale's been wrestling since uh the year 2000 so it's a 22 year career and then you got guys who are brand new in it still coming from the same place and things that they're learning in their school and what they learn in training or that they've you know maybe they're two or three years out i'm not sure but like stuff that they've learned and seen and they were told that would be the way they're seeing it from a guy who started where they started and ran the roads and did all of the things and like you know it's full circle moment for those guys there so mm -hmm. be able to the learn guy who got his hand raised by bret hart i <laughs> <laughs> got his hand raised by bret hart <laughs> yeah that's a really it's a really cool chance for everybody i'm not saying that you should be like lucky to or, happy to be in the ring with us but you should as a younger wrestler appreciate the opportunity that you have to get in there with some guys who know what they're doing and they're willing to work with you i i want to work with young wrestlers that's i and i want to work with the ones that like want to take this serious and they want to do this and they want to be the best because i don't i i don't want to uh i want to test myself too it said my connection was unstable oh shit yeah so what is fucking what is hale's connection <laughs> non-existent non-existent digitally yeah um we got to get yeah, a, a cardboard cutout of him like well the one of his old picks like the blonde frosted tip picks and he can just always stand behind you i gotta tell you man i do not want that in my house or anywhere around me <laughs> come on for no the way. show do no. it for the show you can put it in the closet it would, it would keep me up at night. Like, I'd probably come home and find it eating pizza randomly. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good. It's a shame that this show's all inside jokes. <laughs> well, yeah, I, like Vic, I do. <laughs> there was something that happened actually when we were at the show on Saturday was announced that. Oh my God, I completely <laughs> forgot her name for a second. Mickey James from Impact yep. is now going to compete in the Royal Rumble as the Impact um, Knockouts champion. Now, that's huge enough because of the history most recently with her getting released and the trash bag with all her stuff and everything that went down. And now fans are excited because now there's an Impact star going. But then I also saw on social media fans being like, well, Oh, she hated the company. She badmouthed what happened, and now she's accepting the money to go back to the Royal Rumble. I mean, 
I just wanted money to see can, what, money what you can thought. also be used as a peace offering. People don't understand that. Enough money can be used as a peace offering. That's true. Sorry, we threw you, we gave you your stuff in trash bags, but here's like 25 G's. What's wrong money. with that? I mean, I money take that as a piece of that's a hand, that's a nice gesture. Thank you. Yes, I'll do your show. <coughs> Sounds like we're having a little trouble in internet land separating business and personal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in internet land like to make business personal, but it's not. Mm-hmm. This is business and personal is personal. So there were probably mistakes made on both ends as far as anything personal going out there. But as when it does, it does. And you move on. Business, great decision for everybody involved because of the story that's there um, and the buzz it attracted just for shows like ours to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. So um, there's no bad to it. I think. Mickey's career has been one that a lot of people who um, want to do this for the for like as a career should study because there's a person who was told no lots of times even when she achieved levels of success she was still like mocked and made fun of on national tele worldwide television and sent away and that would be enough for the average person to just be like fuck this I'm not doing this no more and still like persevered won the tna impacts championship became an impact wrestling hall of famer became a mom came back from that had a hall of fame run in wwe for a second time like nwa like created like a whole pay-per-view to like showcase independent women talent like she deserves all the accolades in the world every opportunity that she could possibly get to be showcased Till the end of time, she's an amazing person and an amazing wrestler, and I want to see her win it. <laughs> I think it would be badass. But you know what's so funny is that I I agree. I think she should win it, but people would get. I just feel like it would be like a nice moment, and then everyone would chime in, and it would just be like overbearingly awful. Well, it would make for a really great Hall of Fame induction in. WrestleMania weekend and to like have that match after you win the Rumble, you get that championship match at Mania, Hall of Fame, and head off and but do you do that still as the knockouts champion? The knockouts Uh, champion wrestling for the it appears as though the strategy with them is um any publicity is good publicity. So they if they're gonna openly say the company name and talk about it, then it, it legitimizes them, right? Well, and I, I mean, think it's only been a handful of times that's ever happened. You'd think like when WWF had the NWA on there, when they had cru- the, all the the cruiserweight belts, but they didn't even really mention all of them. WCW used to do the New Japan Super Show. Cat or. Uh, what was it, Taz, when he left and became, went and won the belt back from uh, Mike Awesome when mm-hmm. he was a contract. And then he wrestled Triple H on SmackDown and they said he was the ECW champ. 
That was fucking cool <laughs> and weird. All the same times they jobbed them out bad. <laughs> um, Back in that day, I'm not surprised. But there hasn't been too many people that have come in like that and that they've put over. So it would definitely be something people would be talking about the next day. But and I think the pro wrestling climate on the mainstream level at this point is at that is at that where they are. They want the news. They want the 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 trend on Twitter. They want the instant commentary on things. You know, that's why that Brock Lesnar went in the championship at day one was such a fantastic decision because it was what everybody was talking about. It built up all the hype, all the energy. Can't wait for the Royal Rumble now when it had nothing hyped up for it before. You know, mm-hmm. that it added another dynamic to that Roman Brock feud. We're going to get the Bobby Brock match, which is like fucking awesome. How long in the making has that match been? Dude. I mean, I told you I had Bobby's first match ever. I've known Bobby for 20 years and he wanted that match for 20 years. (laughs) You know, Bobby Lashley for 20 years. Oh yeah. And we haven't heard this yet. I had Bobby's first day of training. I was the, uh, First day, Bobby Lashley and Dolph Ziggler came to OVW. They started together. And Do you know had, Ziggler, too? Yeah. I had both of their very first matches. Anytime, the first time they ever got in the ring was against me. Uh, me and Ziggler were partners on a bunch of OVW shows when he first started. And uh, with Bobby, they, like, it was so crazy, man, because, like, he walked in, and all of us are, like, standing around, and we see Bobby, and we're like, holy fuck, because he looked exactly like he looks now. And we except were like, younger. Except, yeah, but younger. And uh, he goes over, he's, like, he's like walking around the ring, and, like, him and uh, Nick Dolph are, like, grabbing the ropes and, like, feeling it and stuff, and Dr. Tom's there. And he goes, well, uh, I guess there's just no other way to do this, but just kind of, like, get into the fire. So, uh, Bobby, get in the ring. So Bobby like reaches up and grabs the top rope and does a pull up into the <laughs> ring, and you can see like every muscle in his back, dude. Like back and we're all sitting in like the bleachers back here, and then uh, Doctor Tom goes, "Uh, Nick, get in the ring," and I'm like, "Okay." So I get out of where I'm going. I slide in. Doctor Tom gets in the ring, and now I'm looking across at Bobby, and Bobby's looking at me, and I'm like okay and dr tom goes all right vic this is bobby bobby this is vic vic bobby knows nothing about professional wrestling and i was like okay he goes i want you to go five minutes with him (laughs) okay so he like backs up and he goes ding so now like bobby's just like like kind of like just like dancing around a position or whatever. So like I go to like lock up with them, kind of like an amateur lock, like where you like they grab each other like by the back of the head. And I like pop his elbow and go behind him and grab a waist lock. And I pick him up and I put him down on the ground and I slap him in the back of the head. <laughs> I thought he knew it was fake. When he stands up, because I like turned away from him when he stands up, I turn around and he fucking spears me like as hard as I've ever been hit ever. (laughs) Like 
like broke me like as like he was splitting me in half as like a human being was gonna run right through me and how much time was uh ticking off the clock so far probably like a minute (laughs) (laughs) i didn't i didn't get up that was the end of it right there um and from that moment on we were like we were pretty good like we were friends from there on because obviously like it was pretty hilarious. Everybody watched me just get like smeared by Bobby. Completely destroyed by Bobby Lashley. I'll never, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget like the first weekend he was there and he moved in and we like went to his house to like pick him up to all go out like to the bars and stuff. And I remember walking into his house and there was nothing in the house but um, a t- like a, a table, and in the kitchen was boxes of oatmeal cream pies. Oh, and that's those are all the best. He, those are the best little Debbie oatmeal cream pies, and that's yeah. all. He, that's all he ate. Like, <laughs> I swear, dude. I watched him eat. Like, I watched him eat. Uh, probably, I've seen him eat hundreds and hundreds of them. But at that point, that was like he was just eating oatmeal cream pies. It was. So I'm looking at this dude who's literally cut from stone, chiseled. Like how? How can there? How could it's not fair, man? It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. I gained three pounds of you fucking talking about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll send you guys. I did a I did a thing with Bobby before he went back to WWE where he was at an MMA show up in uh, Albany where um he came in the cage and I was in there and I was like making fun of him for being in the cage and then he did the same thing where he speared me and beat me up or whatever. But it was in probably like 20, 2015, 2016, but I'll send it to you because it's a it's a cool video to watch, but I've I've known those two for a real long time, and Bobby's wanted that match with Brock forever. When I went out to dinner with him, like at that after that MMA show, that was what he talked about. Was that that's crazy that match. he talked about that? He's wanted that match. It's money, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you know, Bobby was a a champion wrestler for the army. You know, he's not a fucking slouch. He's like he's a bad dude, and Brock's a bad dude. But I mean, like, man, like if you tell me there's gonna be like a real fight between Brock and Bobby, I don't know who would win. I mean they both they both have very similar backgrounds. I've I've like shook both their hands. I know exactly how powerful they both are, and I've seen them their careers, and I don't know who would win. I really don't. I, like especially if it became an MMA, I might even give the the nod to Bobby because he is like a machine, dude. He is fast. He's he's not quick. He's sudden. And you give a, you know, the MMA power. So yeah, Brock's got some quickness too, though. True. When he decides to turn it on, he's fast as shit. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's if he's in a real fight with someone, I think he's actually going to turn it on. Well, we've seen him in real fights, though, in the cage. I don't think Bobby lost in the cage. I have to look it Bobby, up. Did, did Bobby get to that level, though? No. No. Not UFC. No. Not UFC. He was in Bellator, but that's not UFC. But, yeah. It's still um, reputable. Yep. Still somebody else trying to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> still a near 300-pound, completely shredded monster coming at you. Yeah. I, no matter what, it's money for the Rumble. It's it makes me want to watch the show just for that. Like, I Shit, man, we should have had to get Bobby on instead of instead of freaking Hale. <laughs> I think he's a little. I think he's a little busy now. I don't know if he does that. So, <laughs> he's right around the corner from us. Hale's so busy. 
No, I'm talking about. Bob. Are they in Philly tonight? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that building. It's, it's awesome, but it's also not as awesome because I really, I was just talking to Larry before you got on. I was like, this is a, like one of the only times that WWE's come to Philadelphia. And I don't even care to really watch it, let alone go to it. Mm. It's just gotten me so. Well, I not only that, like, to that point, I think I would take VXS and Titan Championship Wrestling over going to Monday Night Raw in Philly. Well, we already did. Because, already did that. no, I'm saying because I, I, the intimate of being two, three rows away, like all the wrestlers around the intermission before the show, after, like all that, I think, at least now as a fan, the way I am now, I, I love it. I, I can't get enough of that. I'd much rather do that than pay 35 to $55 a seat, be up, bad views, food's yep. expensive, parking's expensive. Like, it's just, ah, I'd much rather oh, the man, independent stuff. Fargo Center, they got Lorenzo's. <laughs> I don't know, man. Lorenzo's pizza does trump a lot. I like food. It does trump a lot of things. If I can go get a nice slice of Lorenzo's, although that sandwich I did have before the Titan show was really good. Yeah, it's another show that you came to that you did bring me a Philly cheesesteak. You know what? And I had all intentions to, but I didn't leave the house till late. Oh, yeah. It's you're going to come closer to Philly and we will get you a good Philly cheesesteak. We're not going to give you this you really sloppy, cold cheesesteak. You don't want uh, a cold cheesecake and you don't want to nuke it because then that's that's savage you're right. right there. You're right. So you guys are looking out for me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just need anyway, Tommy to get best HOH back and get back into 2300. Yeah, that's a tree we should start barking up. Yes. Yeah. How the hell do we get Tommy to fucking loosen his pockets and start running again? I, I don't even need him to loosen his pockets. I just need him to, to book the show. We'll all wrestle for free. Just, would you if you build it, they will come. wouldn't he be able to get enough people to do that? If you build it, they will come style? Yeah. <laughs> you think that, people that was originally do you guys remember the first day they did National Pro Wrestling Day in Philly? Um the, Quackenbush put it on. I believe so, yeah. Where it was like a match from like every promotion and everybody donated their time. Like not every promotion, but every indie promotion and mm-hmm. like and everything, and even some from like other sides of the country and stuff. But that that would be something right now that would be like super huge. I feel like if you had it under like one banner, like you do a national House of Hardcore presents National Pro Wrestling Day, and it's like all the main companies put one match on under the show and like that, and then the, the main event's a House of Hardcore match. Take my money. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, do absolutely. You think of, do you think how? How many companies do you think would be the max? Because the amount of good National Pro Wrestling Day went like fucking all day, but you'd have to do like eight companies, you know, eight, seven, seven companies, and then an eight match card or something like that. You don't want to get ridiculous, but mm-hmm. and only one match from a company. I don't know ECW Arena. I could do a full day event there. I think because there's could plenty you? to do around. There's plenty to do around there. Like if you're like, all right, I want to take a break go get some food or some shit and then come back. I feel like it was at the National Guard Armory in Philly, maybe. Fuck, I can't remember where it was. It was such a blur. It was me and Ben Ortiz against Hale and Tommy Dreamer. Hmm. Yep. How do I remember that? Holy shit. <laughs> and when was it? This was 2013. 
2013 National Pro Wrestling Day. But yeah, something an idea like that would do really well, I feel like. Yeah, I think I so know, too. I don't know if Philly be able to hold them anymore. The freaking wrestling scene around here is fucking real real light. Really? Mm-hmm. They don't run shows in Philly. Well, what's it what, is it because of the masking and the mandates and stuff? I no, think it's they because of the commission. I think uh, because it's it's Real hard, evidently. We've asked around to run a show in Philly with licensing permits. Like, the only people that really had it, I mean, you've got GCW here a couple times in, like, a very, very small venue, like, in a bar, basically. And then you had the Wrestle Factory, Quackenbush's place, that's not operating anymore. And then you had maybe one or two small ones in, like, boys clubs in, like, the Northeast, Northeast Philly. But other than that, like you don't really get a lot of Philly wrestling anymore, unless yeah. ROH, which isn't going to come anymore, or MLW. MLW likes to run at the ECW arena. New Japan was there, right? Yeah, yeah, New Japan also. Yeah, when they do their when they do their America tour and they make Philly one of their stops, that's where they go. Yeah, that's got to be a good one. <laughs> it's one of the best wrestling venue re- venues around. I wholeheartedly agree. My one of my favorite places to wrestle, so it's a career highlight. Well, especially because you can fit a good amount there. Yeah, and the I mean, you have a bar right out freaking side. <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing. You you want nothing when you're there. It's pretty perfect. You have everything. Yeah, you pretty much have everything you need. Yep. Yeah, that and the Mid Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, two of my favorite wrestling venues. So. I do want to make it up there. Yeah, me too. Because Hale has talked it up a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. The missing it's because link. the history there is so awesome. Like, they were filming, you know, that's where they filmed Vince McMahon dancing on the stage for that music video. And um, <laughs> it's the first place, first place Macho and Elizabeth debuted. <clears throat> There's so much history there. And it's like, so you're saying if I go there, I got to wear my, I got to dress up like Macho Man? If I make my debut there, I have to I, dress up like actually you, you wouldn't want to. He would. Absolutely, he would. Al- I already had the outfit. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that one of the first days we were in that Civic Center with House Dreamer walked us over to uh, the spot where he actually like broke his back. Like He's like stood right in the spot. Like I broke my back right here. Is so that where they filmed the one episode of Impractical Jokers, The Punishment, where yeah. Dreamer was doing HOH? Yep. That's that one? That's that oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was a really good one. That was when we had the elevated walkaway too. Yeah. Wait, stage. were you there? Were you there for that show when they did that? Yeah. That yeah, was really cool. <laughs> they were there all day hanging with us. It was pretty cool. Get the fuck out of here. Because they're yeah. a lot of like I think two of them are like actual wrestling fans. Yeah, they were they were right, they were like sitting right at the video thing the whole time, like wanting to like pay attention and watch how it was going, like the whole thing. So the one, the bigger one in the elf costume, he loved Q. it. Q? Yeah, Q, he loved it. So, Yeah, I think him and Sal are the biggest wrestling fans. I, heard, I just read one of those guys quit. Yeah, the best one. Yeah, his name is Joe. He was, he was, the, he was definitely the best. Mm. All good things must come to an end, boys. That's true, but but new thing new things could arise from that. And it could, yes, end up it could be, be 
The impractical joker. <laughs> he just jokes himself. <laughs> How does that work? The Lone Rangers. <laughs> You're not exactly lone, are you? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> All right, well, unfortunately, we didn't have an appearance from Hale Collins, who was supposed to be on this show. Did anyone message him this whole time? No. Uh, I messaged him around 3 o'clock, because last time I talked to him, he said, okay, great. What's the time difference from Poughkeepsie to fucking Philly? Oh, four hours. (laughs) The four-hour difference. Is he going to get on at midnight thinking it's like 8? Just leave a graphic up that, like, so anytime you enjoy it, it says, like, just wait right here. We'll let, we'll let you in in a moment. Oh my God. <laughs> the content that we would get from that would be gold. <laughs> just the audio. Mm-hmm. Just, I've been here for two hours. They won't let me in. Hello, let me in. <laughs> I'm going to give you a for that. <laughs> Don't you guys have a show coming up? Friday. Butler, New Jersey, for ISPW at the National Guard Armory. Uh, yeah. Aren't you, are you wrestling for Northeast soon? Hale is wrestling January 22nd for Northeast Wrestling at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center. Yep. He's wrestling Vincent, right? Yes. So it should be well, something should be that's, uh, pretty good. Was, you know, we've always had great matches with Vinny, so they, uh, they'll probably have quite the brawl. I saw Wait, Bill. So Bill have... will be in his corner too. Yeah, so Bill's going to be in his corner, and you're not going to be there to support Hale. Well, he's not here to support me now. <laughs> that's a good point. That's, I also, mean... that's also valid. Very valid. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Yeah, if he's nice to me, maybe. <laughs> he's going to need some help. I got to say, watching you guys in the ring on Saturday, I was like, man, fucking Vic is really, really carrying the load on this one. <laughs> What do you I, mean? said that to, I said that to Larry. I was like, man, Vic is carrying the look. Because literally I watched Hale get the tag, come in, and he'd do like he'd do his stuff for like a minute and then tag out. <laughs> and then you'd get in there for like a good five to six minutes. I'm like, <laughs> man. I was like, has Hale been in the match? Yeah. Maybe He's, maybe I'm hogging it too much. I should tag out more. Oh man, he was having fun egging the fans on. <laughs> yeah. He, he does like that hopping around on the apron thing. He's a big fan yeah. of that. Yeah, he went got a water at one point, came back to the yeah, ring. I heard. I heard he just hopped right off and got a water. Yeah. Hey, hydration's important. <laughs> I always feel like he's doing something random, though. Like, he's so fucking random. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Try being his partner. <laughs> I think that's his appeal. It would have been better if you were going for the tag, he went to go get a water, then came back. Yeah. Yeah, that would be... <laughs> Talk about like the ultimate misunderstanding, right? Tag team breaks <laughs> up because partner's dehydrated. Yeah, but you guys, you guys would have played that off really well. Where the <laughs> just hell like were that, you? Just like that dude who tried to touch my jacket. <laughs> we yeah. couldn't see the jacket. We were at we were in the other corner. Uh, yeah, it was a little saw, obstructed. I saw, you point, I saw you pointing at him. I just didn't know what it was about. I, like he kept doing it, like knowing that I'm about to come in and just kick his ass. I'm like, all right, man. Well, <laughs> doesn't do you very well to like piss me off that I'm just gonna come in and do it. All right, <laughs> that was fun. 
I was oh, quite uh, the slingshot elbow. We crushed that kid. Uh, yo, he he texted me that the next day. Hale was like, "What'd you think about the elbow?" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, it looked great. I thought it yeah. looked really good." Yeah, crushed him. Yeah, great highlight. Was that the, was that the nosebreaker three thousand? No, that was just the I just the backhand on the apron by accident. <laughs> uh, I feel bad. What are you gonna do? I the, my biggest victory was I did a German suplex with a bridge and uh, yeah. Having a bridge with a broken leg was a pretty, pretty epic move. We didn't, think, we didn't think you had it in you, but you did. Nope. Not the there bridge. I think you had the German, but I didn't think you had the bridge. Not on yep. the neck. That's yep. tough. I was up there, man. What leg? Highlight moment. What butt, What bad leg? Exactly. <laughs> Don't tell me that as I'm limping around today all sore and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you live for that shit. I do. Fuck yeah, man. Because when it was taken away, it was horrible. So yep. never let that gift horse in the mouth again. Bring it on. Bring on the soreness. <laughs> All right, Vic. Well, so this has been fun. Thank you so much for actually showing up. We appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Very, very uh, on time and precise as normal. Yes. I'll never bet against you, Mike, again. I've, I've learned my lesson. Head over to Instagram, follow Vic Delicious on Instagram, Hal Collins. We're also on Twitter, Facebook under Vic Hale, V-I-K-H-A-L-E. Um, I think that's all the social medias. But don't you guys got some new merch that you got out, didn't you? You got a couple new websites? Right at ProWrestlingTees.com slash the now. There's a couple shirts on there. We also have another, um, someone else who's doing some artwork and um, hosting the shirts and artwork on his site that you can order. The link is on Hale's uh, Instagram also. Um, and then there's more stuff coming. We're just, we have some new gear that's coming with some new designs and we've just been waiting on it. So as soon as it gets here, we can release all the other stuff. But it's going to be cool. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. So. That picture that Larry took and 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 fixed the Miami Vice version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna print that on a couple of shirts. So if you want one, let us know. Well, before you print it, give give Hale a tan. Give Hale a tan. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't believe in the tanning beds, does he? No, man, he doesn't. You you got one in your house, don't you? <laughs> no, no, but shit might as well be. He tan and jacked. He says it ages him. Like, well, then it I don't care. Him. I don't care. Age me then. I don't think I like it ages you. I mean, it depends on how wrinkly. Does he think he's going to get wrinkly? Well, uh, you could. I mean, people say that that's what a side effect of tanning, but I feel like tanning's been around for so long at this point. People would since have already been. People would already be all here since the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd think more people would be dead from it. <laughs> I think I think we're that's just some fear mongering. We're gonna be okay here. So. All right, Vic. Thanks so much All again. Right, uh, can't wait. Can't wait till the next event we see you, and of course talk to you on here. So thanks again. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you very much. All right.